0: and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. I am so excited. Today, I'm talking to Kamiko Glenn, who is truly so wonderful. You might know her from Orange is the New Black. Perhaps you know her from Waitress the Musical. Uh, Maybe you know her from Liza on Demand on YouTube, now in its final season, season three. And most recently, she is a voice in My Little Pony, A New Generation, uh she's incredible she has such a multifaceted career we talk about her going from dreams of theater being in the touring company for spring awakening and then figuring out that she could be on tv and her first tv gig was orange is the new black and we talk about how wild that situation was and then we talk about her uh auditioning for liza on demand not knowing who liza koshy was or the intricacies and complexities of youtube as a platform uh, and then we talk about getting into the My Little Pony animated feature now available on Netflix, uh, also starring uh, Liza Koshy, and what it's like to enter into these fandoms and these pre-existing franchises. Um, and just also what social media is doing uh, to the art world, and also what uh her fashion senses which is truly stunning in my opinion we talk through all of it uh we don't unfortunately get into one of our most passionate subjects and that is reality tv most importantly the bachelor but we talk all around (laughs) it uh and i've talked too much in this intro please enjoy this episode as much as i did with the lovely kamiko glenn how's it going? <laughs> you go. um, I'm, it's going well for me. How's it going for you?
1: It's great. Wait, can I ask a question? I know that you're like, this is your podcast, but is this yeah. like, did you get a very gay paint to do? Yes, I did. You?
0: you can see how very gay yes. it is. Yes. I'm obsessed with them. I love it. They are incredible. Yeah. If you have a have been following spare- them. If you have a spare wall in your house or anything that you think could possibly be painted, they will do it. And they are incredible. I can't say enough good things about them.
1: I know. I love them online. I followed them during the pandemic. Sa- yeah, same. Same exactly. I mean, they built their
0: whole uh, brand in the pandemic. But this is not about Variegate Paint, Miko. This is about you. Sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. First I just I- needed to
0: ask. I have to comment. So you're in your sound studio in your home, which seems apropos because you are everywhere in the voiceover world right now. It's crazy. (laughs) How did you develop this sound studio? When did this come about? Was this something that you had already put in or was this because like I'm doing a lot of voiceover stuff and you also are super musical. So like, let's let's make this happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's something that like was going to be a bonus room because, mm-hmm. you know, before the pandemic, it was like, I don't really have a need for a sound studio. But I was like, maybe I'll make one for my auditions, you know, Because yeah. like locking myself in a closet was actually not. <laughs> I bought this place. Um, there wasn't a lot of closet space. It's like very it's really claustrophobic so it wasn't (laughs) working for me i was like really doing everything on my iphone under a blanket and i was like i gotta get a little more professional with this like in a situation where i can at least like you know be in a sitting up position Uh (laughs) to like record my stuff so um I was going to do this, but then the pandemic hit and I was recording out of Airbnbs and they're like, the sound is terrible. We need the sound to be better. And I was like, oh my God. And so this became like the priority. So I was renovating my new place Mm -hmm. and um, I just sort of started working on this more so than the actual house itself. (sighs) Um, So yeah, it, it kind of is like makeshift. It's like, Joanne sale fabric and like Home Depot like insulation. <laughs> and looks, um, I feel like you went from being under a
0: blanket <laughs> to suddenly in a professional studio. And also if it's DIY, it looks fantastic.
1: I would love to watch the IGTV Thanks. series of you making this happen. Yeah, I mean no one really sees this wall. Um, but and it's like so messy in here. Like I sort of did a good job of making it look like it's clean. Um, Perfect. <laughs> but this wall is really cool. There's like these hexagonal shaped um, panels that are like you can do Sherman Ooh. Williams like color match or something. And so they're all kind of like different shades of pink and Ooh. like honeycomb. And then there's like pendant lighting. It's kind of cute. But I was like, I do so much of this stuff. Um, like, I just want a place where I feel good staying in here for like four hours at a time. Yeah.
0: Well, OK, that that lends itself to what I want to talk to you about is that you have, I feel like worked in every capacity of like artistic genre that there is. I mean, you've done Broadway, you've done TV, film, uh, voiceover, like, is there one space that you feel most like uh, connected to? Or when Mm -hmm. you wanted to get into entertainment, was it like, I want to do everything? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, when I started doing this, um, I, it was like theater and theater mm-hmm. only. I was like obsessed with singing and being on stage, but I didn't really like know what my options were, you know? Sure. So, um, now as an adult, it's like, I want to do whatever makes me happy, you know, if an opportunity presents itself and it's like, well, that's unusual. And I, it's something I hadn't thought of, but like, I'll go for it because like, there are cool people that I really want to work with. Or like, that's just like a really creative, weird idea. Like anything to do with, social media, even like content yeah. creation, or whatever, like I'm like down. So how did uh, when you say that you were
0: initially interested in theater, like what, at what age did this start for you? Like, how did you I know you've gone to like the conservatory and you've gone to different like art uh, institutions in so many words. So how did you decide like arts is for me?
1: Um, I would just like. I was a really obnoxious kid.
0: <laughs> I, like, <just laughs> and was... that's going to go
1: one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a lot of energy, you know, and my parents were like, I just was like imitating people all the time. Yeah. You know, and like, I loved Celine Dion, I, like for better or for worse, my parents got me a Celine Dion CD, like at age five. Uh, incredible for Christmas I don't even know why they just like knew that I would be into it but maybe it was just like a random purchase but I was obsessed with it and like imitating how weird she sounded but like also brilliant she sounded so um I just like was constantly screaming her songs and like doing imitations and like taking my dad's camcorder and being like crazy making crazy commercials having my own like talk show with tea and all this (laughs) dumb stuff like I would make my parents and my family sit down and like I would perform songs that I had half written and be like clap for me (laughs) um so they (laughs) were like show me you love me yeah like I need validation (laughs) so they like had me just audition I mean they didn't have me they were like do you want to audition for this play Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and I was like yes and so I just did it and then I, it was something that I just did. And then, and then I was like, "That I'm doing it now. Like, this is what I do. Mm. This is me, you know? Yeah. It's something, I mean, you feel like you have this like calling
0: that you don't really know at such a young age. And then when you, I'm sure are in an environment where that's celebrated by everyone there. <laughs> Finally. Like, this <laughs> is, I think, where I belong right now. Yeah. These are my people. Yeah. So, uh, from there, how do you end up in Los Angeles? How do you end up, uh,
1: like in entertainment in general? Like what was your journey? Um, so I actually lived in New York for like 10 years. Okay. Um, and the whole goal being like Broadway, I have to be right. like doing the theater and like the Broadway and whatever. And so like up until Orange is the New Black, I was like, sort of, it's dumb. So going back, I was <laughs> doing like, dumb. I was doing, um, like, a. a Spring Awakening, I was doing a national tour. Yeah. And on it, I was sort of like, do I pursue acting? It's sort of a lot. And yeah. um, and then I got an agent at the time. And then they started sending me out for um, TV. And I was like, I didn't even realize that's when I realized that TV was an option. I was always like a theater mm. person. Okay. Um, like I had sort of removed myself from watching movies and being like, that's someone I could be because it just wasn't the medium that I was doing. And um, I was like, Oh, I guess I could do TV too, as an actor. And so, (laughs) which is such a silly, like revelation to have at such an old age. (laughs) But um, so I so so I did Orange is the New Black. And that was like the first TV thing I did. That's the first TV thing you did. A yeah, very I had mean, like done easy s-
0: entrance. God, it was so scary. It was so scary. Well, that's okay. That's my question because when you enter into something like that, how do you even prepare, or can you even prepare? Do you just have to go in like everyone does on The Bachelor with an open heart
1: to what the journey is going to be? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I mean, like first of all, I. I actually like it took me years and years of auditioning in front of a camera to actually get comfortable in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. Like I really was like, um, like, I don't know what you call it, like stuck out like a sore thumb or something. Like I couldn't ignore that there was a camera in the room when there was a camera in the room for like years. And then finally, I was starting to get over it. And then um, I was like, in my studio apartment, like watching Orange is the New Black, the first season. And then I get an email in my inbox saying there's an audition for Orange is the New Black. So I guess like the preparation was that I was in the middle of watching it. And so I was like, I think I know what this show is. I've been watching it and I kind of got into it all of a sudden. Um, So the preparation was like, just get thrust into it, I guess. I mean, I was truly like figuring it out as I went every step of the way. Wow, um, but it was a blessing, like being a recurring role and having that opportunity to just keep going in because there were like little one off things like student films and like, you know, things where I would be like uncomfortable for a day of shooting. And then I would like go home and then be like, I was uncomfortable, you know. but like, <laughs> but like when I got to go back and keep going, like, I kind of got to be like uncomfortable and then like figure it out and then like, Oh, maybe I'm still uncomfortable, but then like figure it out. And then finally, I got used to being there and being on a set and on camera and everything. Wow. Terms and whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's no, um, there's no class that teaches you like the nuances of being on sets and it's just like observing and trial by fire of everything all the time. That's incredible. Especially because I imagine that obviously theater is such a different usage of your body and voice than being like on camera that learning mm-hmm. how to switch into those modes must have been wild to make those adjustments.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think like what was kind of Great and kind of awful was I felt so like a fish out of water. I felt so nervous. I felt so like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And that was the character. Like <laughs> Brooke <laughs> was like, what am I doing here? I am the least likely person to exist in this world. Yeah. You know, because um, she was like a hippie, like activist type, and like surrounded by all these like criminals. <laughs> I mean, not not even criminals, but like you know, people who had right. Like, some serious offenses and some not, you know. I
0: must have been, uh, yeah. And the energy on set and just like the female um, uh, concentrated energy must have been just like an incredible experience for you. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have some friendships that'll last a lifetime. And like, but what was interesting was like getting, uh, getting to know all these strong personalities. They're just mm. like, you know, um I don't know, boisterous, wonderful. It was it was just like an interesting experience of like starting season two. And then like I was sort of in it till the end, not really. There were a couple of seasons where I wasn't in it, but like um to have that many years and like this massive experience, um, this like pop culture phenomenon like yeah. all happening kind of to us, and we we're all like the least likely of people to have this experience, you know. Wild. Um, my friend uh Emma miles on the show who played um uh one of the meth heads she was like it's kind of like we're all niche markets like this is not like supposed to happen to us (laughs) you know like we're the least likely people to be cast on television even (laughs) you know amazing i feel like that probably added to the
0: whole like uh performance of everyone um but you go Mm -hmm. you go from that and we're in now like Liza on demand territory, which is still season three just got uh, announced. And so what was that experience like? Mm -hmm. What was that call like? Were you watching Liza videos and then suddenly got the audition for Liza on demand?
1: You know, it's so funny. I like I just my what drives me is like whatever is going to make me happiest, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was really in a in a time in my life where I just needed a comedy. I was like Mm. thirsty for, you know, a comedy. And I just loved the script. I thought it was so smart and so funny. And I was like, and this character has like an Instagram famous dog. I get to interact with (laughs) dogs all day. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And so I had no idea who Liza Koshy was. And I was just like, oh, she's like cute and fun. Like, who is this person? And then I like, obviously went on Instagram and I was like, whoa, (laughs) <laughs> wait, what? Like what? Um, cause I wasn't like really on YouTube very much either. Sure, like I yeah. think I had D- DIY, like how to change my toilet seat one time, you know, I'm like also DIY that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> truly I've done it twice. I've done it twice. And then the second time I caved and just hired a handyman. Um, <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> like I need to outsource this. Um, but, uh, Anyway, yeah, so I didn't really know her. And then, um, For the final audition, we were both like 30 minutes late. I brought my dog into the (gasps) casting office. I was like, this is my Bark Paul, like the dog that I have. And um, I desperately, by the way, like more than anything, wanted him to be cast. And I was like, you don't even have to cast me. Can you please (laughs) just cast my dog? Like, it's I just I want him to be a star. And uh, I want free dog food for life. (laughs) As a dog momager. uh, Yeah, that's the perfect way to do that. Yeah. But we were both like flustered on this. Skype call together, and then she was like, "I think we need like a conversation." So she called me later that night, like a FaceTime, and I like introduced her to my cat. I was like laying on my bed. I'm like, "Yeah, I've been in New York, but I really want to be in LA." And da 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 And then she was like, "I think she's cool." And then like, I don't know. We we just started this show together, and it's so funny because I started out as a guest star. And, oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, and then it sort of evolved, and I think it. Like I think our connection as a trio really clicked and Seriously. yeah, our friendship just like grew and I don't know. I'm so grateful for that job because it brought me so many years of laughter and ridiculousness and I don't know, brain exercises. I mean, like spitting out those lines at a certain speed is so hard, so um, impressive. but I don't know. It, it just like... I love that show. It's so fun. I'm a little bummed that it's the last season, but I think it it needs to live on to be, you know, what it it's, is. Yeah, it'll it'll live on in the lore of uh, <laughs>
0: you know the YouTube history. It'll yeah. live in the mythology of everything. But also, it must be interesting to go from a show, you know, that you're walking into that becomes this like yeah, groundbreaking female series in traditional, and then to go to a show in new media and experience what, like, the the fan base is there. Was that, oh Gosh, yeah. yeah, what was that like for you?
1: Well, you know, it, it was a revelation. I mean, like, yeah. I, I didn't know, I didn't really understand why Liza was famous, honestly. Like, I, and I don't say that with any disrespect. I mean, I think yeah. she's, like, the hardest working woman in show business. Truly. Like, she is so talented. She's such a wonderful comedian. Um, but like, I didn't understand the culture and, and the platform, really. And then through her, I I started like going to VidCon and stuff like that. That was actually <laughs> the first time where I realized she was famous, you know, like she was a yeah. fiance. Like um, because I had never been out with her. Like I was always just mm. on set with her. And then we'd have like a quiet little you know, moment outside or like in her house or like, sure. you know, getting coffee real quick. But like, I didn't realize walking down the street with her or like, you know, just casual things would get us killed and mobbed. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just like, it was like, this is like Ariana Grande type yeah. fame. This is crazy.
0: Insane. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, and it's, it's, it's hard to
1: explain. It's still mm-hmm. hard to explain. Um yeah, people feel attached to you. P- people feel like they own you in a certain way because they've given you views and whatever. But also, yeah. like, she got famous for being herself. Like, exactly. her personality, you know? And, yeah. like, people on um, YouTube get famous for being themselves. And so it's there's not a respect barrier when it comes yeah. to, like, approaching someone on the street. Like, there would be for, like, Nicole Kidman or some really big, famous movie star. Yeah, you know. there's a um
0: a lack of yeah boundary about like the a character versus you because oftentimes your heightened character is still you at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, people think they're friends with you. It's weird. It's very strange. Um, but it's very interesting to hear your perspective on all that. We have to take a quick break. When we get back, mm-hmm. I still have a billion more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more. Not too deep.
1: Na-na. 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 Na-na too deep. What's Grace Helbig?
0: Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good? Bad? Otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, well, speaking of, of uh, Liza, in terms of you now, you guys, one of obviously, um, unless social media is done me dirty, uh, have forged a very authentic and beautiful friendship. Uh, and with that, somehow you guys are still magnets for each other because this the newest <laughs> project, My Little Pony, A New Generation, which uh, you are in, Liza is also in. But first, yeah. before we get to Liza, I want to hear about your experience Uh, working on My Little Pony, because again, you're walking (laughs) into this franchise that has all of these, um, you know, a giant fan base and a certain expectation and a certain like, um, you know, it's iconic in
1: culture Mm -hmm. in some way. What was this like? I mean, it was lovely from start to finish. I mean, I felt like super welcome with open arms. I, I didn't even have to audition. I think like The creators were just fans of my work on Waitress, which I did on Broadway. Um, And like some of the voice stuff that I did. And they were like, we think you'd be the perfect Izzy. And I was like, well, thank you. I I will definitely accept this. <laughs> like, like, thank you, My Little Pony, for sure. Here. I will yeah. take this, Rose. Thank you so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know, I love all the Bachelor references because I'm obsessed with the Bachelor franchise. Oh, I just started
0: um, deep diving oh, into Bachelor in Paradise. And mm-hmm. we can go off on that in a little bit. Gosh. But let's do the My Little Pony combo first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, lovely from start to finish. It was so much fun. And also like a breath of fresh air during the pandemic. Because um, like I I did most of it outside of the pandemic, like before everything went down. And during the pandemic, it was just a nice reminder because like the themes of it were so it was so um, spot on to what the world needed at the time. You know, Mm. we were we were doing a lot of the stuff during 2020 and, um, you know, it's all about like not separating ourselves based off of fear and like coming Ugh. together and like accepting our differences and like loving each other for for our differences and like how much stronger we'd be if we just like got to know one another. And that was like, Ugh. this was all created and written before all this happened. And yet it's like so relevant now, like ever relevant. And so like, it sort of was like a wonderful, not light at the end of the tunnel, that's the wrong word, but like the wrong term, but like, um, just light, you know, yeah. during a dark time. um, And also, it was just so fun because I just knew that I had these really cool songs that I was singing. Ah! Um, <laughs> fit right in was like the first thing I heard. And I was like, this is the coolest song ever. <gasps> like, I, I don't know, my friends are like, this is I it will not leave my head. And then um, they <laughs> added the I'm looking out for you song, which I think was just such a cute, beautiful moment like it was kind of like an emotional moment pulled at your heartstrings even though they had just gotten to know each other and it was like this burgeoning new friendship and I don't know it's just like such a sweet moment I just I loved every second of it
0: (laughs) how has the response been because like you said it's touching on themes that everyone needs right now Mm -hmm. um togetherness friendship all of that and obviously there's brony culture there's (laughs) very um you know, uh, deep My Little Pony fandom. Uh, what has the
1: response been for you? People have loved it, as yeah. far as I know. Um, which is wonderful. I mean, I know I loved it <laughs> when I saw. It. I think I'm a pretty good judge of you know whether something's all right or gonna work or right. whatever. Um, but also my friends who are my age or older love it too. They watch it oh, and they're great. like, uh, "My friend, she came over one time. Um to watch it with me for the first time um, kind of when it was still in like some of the coloring hadn't been done. There were certain scratch vocals like there was still a watermark on it Mm -hmm. and um, she was watching it with me and I like went away at one point to like put something away in the kitchen. I went to the bathroom. I came back and she she was like like full (laughs) on so invested. (laughs) And I was like I'm amazed like it was like midnight and I'm like I can't believe you're awake right now and she's like it's so good. I love it. I'm obsessed. It's so good. Everyone <laughs> needs it. It's a yeah. dose of
0: like sugar medicine for everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. And also just, yeah, something that speaks, it, you know, in what looks like childish terms, but has these like timeless and mm-hmm. uh, very mature messages
1: embedded within it. That's so cool. Yeah. I honestly think it'll stand the test of time. It's like it the, Ugh, the music is of now but also like it's theater in a way and like the the message is so universal and so so timeless it's really great that's so
0: exciting so if anyone hasn't seen it yet it's on netflix now go (laughs) get your eyeballs on it get your tissues ready Uh, and also you and liza got to promote and do some press for this together mm -hmm. and you guys have the craziest, best style I've ever seen of any human <laughs> beings, and I am obsessed with it, inspired by it, intimidated by it. Stop! Uh, how you you have such a great like eye for what is fun and playful and fashionable, but then you also have like a kind of a funny like sarcasm about getting dressed up. I'm curious, how do you describe your style?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I have to give a shout out to my stylist because she's amazing and really the one who puts a lot of these things together. I mean, the whole like look, look, like I, I'm like kind of conceiving of like what the makeup should be, what the hair should be, what mm-hmm. you know, like the vibe of the accessories should be in a in a way. I mean, like this, my stylist is amazing, um, it's so Laura good. Sophie Cox, but and I just started working with her, but um, yeah. And Liza's always been, I mean, like she can throw on anything in her closet and look like a superstar. It's pretty wild. But the two of you together, it
0: looks like you, one, I wonder how much you talk before events and before press <laughs> things on who's wearing what and uh, et cetera. But two, just together, I'm like, this is
1: so fun. They just look <laughs> fun all the time. Well, I mean, it does help that we're promoting My Little Pony. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I think like it really gives like so much liberty to like color, like just be out there, get like some feathers in there, like do neon, you know, like she also introduced me to her nail person, which I don't think you can really see what's going on with my nails, but they're like, they look cool. (laughs) They're like this weird swirly, like terrazzo-ish neon vibe. But awesome. um, yeah, honestly, like I get inspired by Liza style most of the time like she's really kind of introduced me by like just following her and like her makeup journey how makeup is sort of like more of an expression versus for Mm. beauty so much like I I think she's really kind of um promoted that through her like same wall partnership and like been able to to get creative with that in a way that inspires me and makes me want to just like put that into my every day life because I think I have a weird thing with style like I know I'm cute and like I have a nice body and whatever so I'm always like I should try and dress sexy but like my real heart of hearts style is like hipster mom yeah Um, well you're doing it perfect
0: (laughs) it looks so fun
1: that's what I Uh, love about
0: it that it's not just overtly sexy that there are like layers to it that it's like you had something on that looked so um like clueless Genre, Uh you know, not not clueless like the movie clueless. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like you put no thought into it. (laughs) It looked clueless. As a girl that wears sweatshirts all day, I'll tell you that looked clueless (laughs) to me. Uh, No, it just seems like you guys are having fun dressing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Honestly, like we went to New York Fashion Week together um, recently, like this earlier last month, and um, I'd been to New York Fashion Week before, and it was stressful. And like. It was stressful this time around, but I had her and like we were changing in the car together and like we were limping around on our high heels together (laughs) in the New York streets trying to find our car or trying to find like a pizza or something. Everything, by the way, in New York is closed down at 9 p.m., which is so terrible. I'm like, I left New York to come to L.A. and now New York is not New York. It's so weird. Uh, Um, Weird. Tangent, but um <laughs> but you know, like it has been really fun and just having her by my side has been so wonderful. I love an excuse to hang out with one of my best friends. Like, Ugh, you know, working dream. excuse where we get to like look cute and glamorous and whatever, but I just hope we get to continue to work together for years and years and years. Some excuse. I just love her. Manifest, manifest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Can we go? I'm gonna get into the two questions that I ask every single guest okay. that is on the podcast. Um, the first is who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. Well, like a lot of political figures, probably. <laughs> um, yep. Definitely Trump. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I got a yeah. He's the first person who came to my mind. And Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big just, time, big time, big time. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, not even going to get into that one. Yeah, we I don't feel have to. You, I think
0: yeah. <laughs> you're deeply on that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or, <gasps> oh no, or like a bathroom emergency, but you can only use three words or three small phrases to describe the event. Um, so for example, mine is college, jogging, front lawn.
1: Oh. <laughs> Oh, hmm. Ah, okay. I mean, this is like not appropriate. I think my parents, okay. like, I should encourage my parents not to listen to this. I mean, you're
0: choosing the words in which you describe this event, so we don't have to know the entirety of it.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, bedroom okay. butt stuff <laughs> nugget
0: i've also been there uh but i won't have any follow-up questions for you on that scenario i'll also make sure my parents don't listen to this episode um, thank you for that uh and now we get into a section called uh deep and hot where I ask you a deep question that we have prepared for you and also for a hot take on kind of like a question slash subject that we have also prepared for you. Okay. Um, so deep question is speaking both generally, but also specifically to those pursuing a career in the arts, is working hard good enough? And if not, what are some other things to consider?
1: Hmm. Well, working hard certainly helps. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to work smart too. Mm. You know, like you can't just be like, like one of my friends uh, was just kind of doing the most and getting nowhere. And I could see why she was getting nowhere. Like there was, it was tunnel vision. It wasn't like she was seeing the full picture. And a lot of people get stuck in that too. Um, Hard work is certainly like, A big part of it because you don't just get big overnight. You don't just I mean, maybe nowadays you do, but like (laughs) but like you don't get to stay successful unless you keep, you know, sustainability. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say it seems like what
0: you were saying about how you look at uh the projects in front of you and you think about which one will you actually enjoy and which one like speaks to your heart or which one like a comedy is what you need in your life at that Mm -hmm. moment versus the tunnel vision idea of it all
1: yeah yeah and but you know granted like I was talking about this the other day how um you know my uh pursuit of happiness if you will um mm-hmm. probably has made for like a less strategic uh career <laughs> on the on the outside because it you know I don't I'm not always like enamored or excited about the biggest projects I just mm. want to you know get excited about the inner workings of it and like what what's the day to day going to be like and is it going to be in a location that I love or hate yeah. you know um so I think uh yeah, but that's my own personal stuff. I think I've like sort of sustained at least like uh, I'm not going downwards, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> like let's try not to get canceled. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like hard work helps for sure. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think like you can only like you can get mad at the universe for like working hard and not getting anywhere. Like you have to kind of zoom out and see the bigger picture and yeah. understand, like have your, you know, finger on the pulse of like, what is actually happening in the world and what people want to see and like what what is unique about you and embracing those things because a lot of times people want to do what's cool and not what's innately them. And I think what's cool is what's innately you and like, you know what I mean? Snap, 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 snaps. So (laughs) true, so true, so true. I mean, because, you know, there used
0: to be a very distinct way of like getting famous or making art in the world. Mm -hmm. And now I think Internet evolution has kind of broken a lot of those paths and created the idea that you can get to where you want to go or whatever happiness or success looks like to you in any way you want. There's no one way to do it now. Um, I love that. That's I will be thinking about that later on today. Okay, uh hot take on Thoughts on overall as a creative person, do you think social media is a help or a hindrance or
1: somewhere in the middle? It's both. Yeah. You know, because like from a mental health perspective, it's truly not doing the best things for us. Like it's just ruining our brains. Yeah, I know I saw you post something that was like, "Why did I delete my
0: shadow in my photo?" Oh, because <laughs> yeah. Instagram's a mental illness. And I was like, this speaks to my soul and everything I think about all the time about social media right now. So directly. Yeah, I know.
1: Like it's, it's simultaneously like striving for perfection and then also like striving to be like a cool grunge. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so much, but also it's, help because it's a platform it's another way of reaching people and um it's a way that like a lot of creative people have work now because like during the pandemic everyone was on their phones and they were creating content creating funny things or interesting things um that people could laugh at or or use in their daily life and so like in that way it's amazing you know it's connecting people it's getting people in touch and like having collaborations that may never have existed um, without it. So it's good and bad. I mean, like, I just have such a love-hate relation. I think everyone does. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I think it's interesting, too, because it also, for
0: people that are artists that in, you know, traditional Hollywood, whatever, you would only see them as this one-dimensional, like, person that it allows for complexity in actors and actresses or whatever artists that you might not have been able to uh, see before, it yeah. allows you to see a little bit of whatever peak behind the curtain that they want to offer. But at the same time, it is stressful. You have a beautiful <laughs> aesthetic on your Instagram. I and mean, I want to. It's just recent. <laughs> I'm like, what filters are you doing? What presets are you downloading? How are you doing this? I'm Honestly, obsessed with it. Honestly, okay, this is so I, I hate
1: this. Um, Don't worry, I, you're, not, you're in a safe space here. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm okay, so I'm the type of person I'm not not creative, but creating every day creating like daily content is not my thing. Yeah, it really stresses me out. Yeah. And so for a person who has like, pretty much a private life, like doesn't yeah. like to let people in, it's really hard, like, to know what to put out there. And, um, I know I need to have like an existence online, but like wanting to protect myself and yeah. like, you know, keep not... your private life private. There's a world yeah. in which you are allowed to be out online and then also behind the scenes, private offline. I know. I think a lot of people like nowadays, especially are just constantly thinking about, is this content while yeah. they're living their lives? And like, I hate oh. that. And so like, I often, I just, like refuse to think that way and so I am never getting content (laughs) which is a problem for social media but like I don't know I think with all the press stuff it's just been really easy for me to just have because like all the designers and like all the people getting me ready like need it and like it would help them and so like the incentive is to you know help the people who made me look this beautiful of course um but like so recently I've been looking really cool and whatever um but that's just been I'm gonna go back to just selfies like pretty soon. It's really bad. Because I don't know, I'm literally just like on my couch in like a sweatshirt, like, no makeup using like some skin smoothing filter. Like, yeah, here's 100%. Me. no, but I think that's great to know. There's
0: also a power in knowing that like, you can't do a certain type of content, and it's got to be hard when you have a friend like Eliza. That's so it's so innate in her DNA Ugh. to be able to do that. But it's yeah. yeah, it's not in my DNA. I can't do. it. I look at TikTok and I'm like, there's no. Everyone said and done every possible thing I could think of. Months later at the time, yeah. there's nothing <laughs> that I need to
1: participate in here. I know it's it's pretty wild though. Like watching her work. I mean, she. She'll just be like, we'll be talking, and then she'll like see something and then just go one picture, and then it's like the perfect picture. And I'm like, how the fuck? Incredible. Did you just? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, incredible. <laughs> like, know, how do I you wish. just do it? I don't know. And she's <sighs> so good at editing, and she's so good at uh She's so. It's a different brain. It. It's a different <laughs> brain. Okay, we're going to take one more quick. I'm. Oh God, I
0: know that's the thing. I have a. Yeah. I'm tortured by my over analysis of is this good enough constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, we're gonna take one last break. When we get back, uh, we have a question that you and I can possibly give some um absolutely unprofessional guidance to. Great. So we'll be <laughs> right back with more. Not too deep.
1: Not. Not. Not, 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 not too deep. What's crazy?
0: Okay, we have a question um, submitted from a listener slash viewer, and I'm actually very curious uh, about your thoughts on this. Um, it is in relation to uh, children, kids, okay. and this person writes, my friends have kids and keep insisting on bringing them everywhere. They're toddlers and are not well behaved and it ruins the experience every time we go out somewhere or on vacation together. It's not that I don't love their kids, but we very rarely get any adult time because they insist on bringing their crotch goblins everywhere. <laughs> okay, i voiced my fe- feelings multiple times, but it gets ignored. Most recently, I was ditched in the city because they had to leave an event early because their kids were being awful and no one told me. I also threw a holiday party for us last year that I planned for a month uh, and took off for. I said no kids. They ignored me, brought their kids And they all ended up leaving after two hours because uh, of the kids. And everything I planned went to waste. I don't know what to do at this point. Well,
1: they sound, that was in depth. I wasn't expecting such an in depth um, recount, but like uh, their friends sound uh, like, uh, well, either they can't afford a nanny, which, you know, um, but sounds like they need to have a conversation. I mean, it yeah. sucks that they said no kids and then they ignored that.
0: Yeah. So there might be one, there might be a deeper friendship conversation here. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I don't have kids. Um, so I can't speak to what the parents of the kids might be experiencing by the mm-hmm. idea of like, maybe they're uncomfortable leaving them with a babysitter or something.
1: Um, they got to get comfortable with that. I mean, like there's yeah. no life in which you can have your kids everywhere you go. Right. And it's like, do you
0: have an intervention where you show up at the house with a nanny or a babysitter (laughs) in tow and say this person's going to watch the kids in the other room and we're all going to have a conversation and we're in your house now and this is how it has to happen? Or do you at what point do you say, you know, my friends are raising kids? And they won't have time to do what I want to do anymore. And
1: I need to start like um, making amends with that in I some mean, way. I mean, there's a middle ground, I think. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think you don't ambush, but you go like, hey, dude or dudette. Yeah. <laughs> that was the <laughs> cheesiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to, you know, sit them down and be honest and be like, listen, like, I love you. I love your kids. Um It's just like even if you don't, you can lie. Yeah, you can just, you know, white lies. It's it's honestly the key to successful (laughs) friendships. Um, (laughs) Don't tell my friends that. Um, But you got to sit down and just be like, I love you guys. It's just like, you know, they're a lot. And until they're a little better behaved or until like you get a handle on or if they're able to come to like adult events, maybe but I'm the wrong person to ask because I feel like these are the wrong. This is the wrong language to use. But <laughs> no, I, feel I think like, this is like you have to because this yeah. person is
0: clearly coming from a place like us that doesn't have kids. How do you talk to a friend that has kids that keeps bringing them? Like, I think yeah, that it's it's a direct conversation. Mm-hmm. If they're going to directly avoid the rules that you've had in place for a holiday mm-hmm. party where you say no kids, and then they show up with kids. You're like, not only does this ruin like
1: my time, but it ruins the other guests' time that didn't bring their kids here. Yeah, because then they're like, well, I didn't bring my kids. Like I I literally hired someone to take care of my kids and here these people are disrespecting that. But also like, I'd say, you know, kids and family, it's very emotional stuff. Like when you Mm -hmm. get into it, when you talk about those things. And I feel like you got to come in with facts.
0: You got to come in with
1: hard information. You got to keep emotion out of it. You got to not get too fired up about things or get insulting about things. You just have yeah. to say, listen, this is what happened. Your kid like ran over there and spilled ice cream all over this yep. old lady. And, you know, it caused a whole freak out and bu- or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I assume kids do, too, that yeah. they're just running
0: into things, spilling it on people and spilling causing ice a cream rug- <laughs> and right <laughs>
1: Pouring chocolate ice cream all over white shirts. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Good hard facts, no emotion, but like, you know, empathy. Like, no, no, like fiery, hot, like mad emotion. Just like, I understand this position, but in order for our friendship to exist, we have to find a way to, you know, get them a fucking nanny. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And it doesn't mean that there won't be times in which you hang out with your friends with their kids. Yeah. There just should be some times that you get to hang out without the kids. Yeah. And... You can tell them that, like, hey, man, your kids are making you guys kind of (laughs) lame. And you might want to lose them for the night if you catch (laughs) my drift. Uh, Also, maybe like a crowdsource to get a babysitter for them. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, a little
1: GoFundMe, a little, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Are they old enough to go to camp? Can they Mm. be, uh, are there activities that you can sign the kids up for? Mm -hmm. And now the parents get a night off. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, I think that uh, as two people that don't have children, I <laughs> yeah. think we gave some really solid advice to yeah. uh, people yeah. with Fuck kids. Those. <laughs> <laughs> but I, <laughs> I do think that you're valid in being annoyed by this. There yeah. is a validity in being annoyed and going like, "Hey, my friendship boundaries, uh, don't exist every time I try to set them up, and I like don't know how. Like, kids yeah. shouldn't be the caveat that like destroy every boundary all the time. They yeah, don't get no. a free pass." Mm. Anyway, Nico, thank you so much for that advice. Um, before we wrap everything up, uh, we like to give a token of our appreciation for the guests that have made time for us, and we have a personalized horoscope that we have made for you. Uh, we are not professional astrologists, so um, feel free to read it aloud for the
1: class this is exciting i i just saw dear cancer in the chat and i was like what are you Uh, talking (laughs) but they oh my gosh so you had to google my birthday then Um, yeah it it took a long time (laughs) it took all of two seconds um okay dear cancer crab of the stars Mercury is officially in retrograde until October 18th. That explains a lot. You might experience during this time some confusion or delays around family or home matters, such as forgetting your Netflix password, ding, 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 that happened literally yesterday, while trying to watch My Little Pony, a new generation for the 50th time. Am I right, bronies? Love that. There (laughs) we go. Wait, you actually (laughs)
0: lost your Netflix password the other Uh, day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I was trying to log in to like... I, I I don't know, watch something that Netflix had sent me and I couldn't figure it out. And then they just sent me Amazing. a download link instead. And <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'll never log into Netflix again. That's <laughs> So you had to actually tell them that you couldn't log into Netflix? Your- Netflix while yeah. Netflix was
0: sending <laughs> something. Yeah, they're like,
1: here's the pin. I'm like, I don't know my Netflix password. And they're like, here's a Google Drive. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Kamiko, where can
0: people follow you where you want them to? Where can they find everything that you're in
1: or up to right now if they don't already you know, know? I'm pretty much on at Kimiko Glenn, K-I-M-I-K-O, Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. Um, on Instagram, like I don't really have any other stuff, but I have right. a lot of stuff on Netflix. I have a lot of stuff on YouTube. I have a lot of stuff uh, probably elsewhere. But yeah, My Little Pony, A New Generation is the main thing that's out. Um, Lies On Demand's coming out on YouTube next week, um, next Friday. And um, well, I guess that's October 13th. I don't know when this is going to air.
0: It'll probably this will come up after. So it's already up, guys. Go check it out ah, on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. The third and final season. I know it's so good, guys. It's so good. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um thank you so much for making yeah, time and talking you. to us. Go check out my little pony as you heard it's what we all need right now. It's the healing animation that mm-hmm. everyone needs. Um and go <laughs> Seriously, do yourself a favor and look at her Instagram because it is so lovely and oh, just like gosh. It's, it's just about very, to not be lovely. <laughs> no, it's calming. Whatever mm. the way you crop your photos and the uh, filters that you use, it's just very like calming to it. I've, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks. Um, thank you again. <laughs> this was so fun, and uh, we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too not deep. This is Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Mons, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.